Hey everyone, this is Craig. Thank you for listening. Before we get started, I wanted to tell you how much fun we've had interacting with everyone on Facebook and on our site, thelegendariumpodcast.com. We've produced a lot of content over the last couple of years, and we're glad that we've been able to do it completely free from day one. All we ask from you is that you help us spread the word. Like us on Facebook, leave a review in iTunes, and above all, share us with your friends. Again, thank you for listening, and welcome to The Legendarium. Spoiler alert! Today we are discussing the recently released Star Wars Episode 7. Based on the box office numbers, you've probably seen it already, but in case you haven't, go ahead and shut this off if you don't want its surprises ruined. You've been warned. Now enjoy! Welcome to the Legendarium. Wait a minute. Was that all he gave? Apparently. Yeah. Wow, he started wow. doing his own fanfare. That, that was John Williams' fanfare. That's not, that was not John Williams' fanfare. Da, 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 that's John Williams' fanfare. What, what you did was some kind Jim of Williams, bastardization. The guy the <laughs> Jim, Jim Williams. Jim Williams. Jim, Jim Wilson. The guy who works at the gas station on the corner. Yeah, I write music too. Da, 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 da. John Williams. I'm his brother, Larry Williams. We've thoroughly derailed That's this whole idea. thing. <laughs> so welcome to the Legendarium, everybody. Uh, all right. I am Craig Hanks, your dutiful host. Uh, and let's go ahead and, and introduce our panel. Duty. Duty. Yeah. He, he said duty. <laughs> anyway. And his... now we're six. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you guys. Well, his hairline is receding faster than my hopes for an economically bright future. It's Todd Wenty. And my hairline can be reversed, but your hopes cannot. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he's slower than your grandma without her walker and twice as violent. It's Ken Johnson. Oh, it's been two days and I still feel like I need a cigarette. And he's smoother than a baby's bottom. And, well, that's it. That's all I got. It's Ryan Bruckman. <laughs> like a baby's behind. <laughs> all right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, it's Star Wars week. Oh. Uh, so let me go ahead and, and read my... We still my... haven't come down from the excitement. I'm actually glad you guys just did that. So let me let me read my little prepared remarks here, and then we will dive right in to Star Wars. Sound good? Ready. If you haven't watched it, go away right now. Spoilers, 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 <laughs> spoilers. Hey, spoilers right. might be coming, spoilers. Shut up. All right. Spoilers. The giant whoosh of air you heard the other night was a planet-wide collective sigh of relief at the release of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Disney handed the $4 billion reins they purchased to J.J. Abrams to see what he could do with it. Among the most remarkable things about this whole saga is the fact that its creator, George Lucas, didn't manage with his atrocious prequel trilogy to kill this thing deader than a tauntaun past the South Marker. Somehow, the momentum of this franchise continued to build until this week's Star Wargy of tension, emotion, and release. At the time of this recording, the film has already set several box office records and, it's, and is on its way to even more. And it's no accident. Not only has Disney's marketing machine been busier than a Clinton family attorney, but it has been clear for some time, and especially after the release, that Abrams knew what he was doing. This may not be a perfect movie, but even the best Star Wars films never were. What it is, is a rip-roaring good time at the movies, well-acted, well-directed, well-produced, and so meticulously written that it would make your favorite novelist weep from jealousy. But there is at least one area where fans may have been disappointed, though they won't be after the dust settles. See, for over a year, since the first trailer was released, we've been given question after question. Who are Rey and Finn? What's the deal with Kylo Ren's lightsaber? Why do the new X-Wing's turbines split in half along with the S-foils? How does that work? Well, what fans weren't anticipating was a film that was all about fleshing out those questions rather than providing answers. What Abrams and Disney have brilliantly done is to deliver an, enter an entertaining film that acts simultaneously as a shot-by-shot -shot homage to the old films and a launching pad for the new generation of stories. If nothing else, The Force Awakens promises plenty for the next generation to look forward to. Hey, those were really good pre-written remarks. Thanks, man. There's like nothing yeah, for us no to talk about now. I, we can go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no wonder we pushed this back two days. He had to spend it on that. That wasn't, that wasn't, okay, thanks, guys. No, that was really good. That, <laughs> was that good. really was. was really so good. what do you want to talk about first? Uh, anything in there that you wanted to expound on? Um, I, uh, one thing that I want to say, I think that J.J. Abrams was using this film as one long, unmitigated tease to force us to buy, the same way that he does with every other franchise he's ever touched. 
you buy in, you, you, you watch just enough at the beginning to say to yourself, I've got to watch the whole thing. I, I love the way, I, I, yeah. I appreciate the way he does that. It frustrates me. <laughs> this, this was large-scale table setting. I've heard it said that J.J. Uh, Abrams was, we now know, born to direct this movie. And the way we know that, part of the reason we know that is because of how hard he tried to turn Star Trek into Star Wars. Yes. Right. Um, and now he finally got his chance at it, and uh, boy, did he deliver. The yeah. Force bred him. Do, do we know if J.J. had a father? Was it the Force? <laughs> <laughs> I think he was spontaneously created by midi-chlorians himself. I heard it was I.I. I. Abrams. Oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he's going to be here all week. Tip your waitresses. Try the Can wheel. you tell I didn't prepare that remark? Yep. Okay. I mean, no. Anyway, um, one interesting thing. I, so I did go back. I, I Maybe we should tell everybody. In, in this room right now, we have individuals who have seen the film one, two, three, and four times. It's, it's been, yeah. what, 72 hours since the films have been released. And I've, uh, Todd has seen it once, Ken twice. I've seen it three times, Ryan four times. Yep. That's amazing, by the way. If I, you're a Bernie Sanders fan, collectively, we've seen it ten times. Yep, it was almost yeah. five. Yeah, that's crazy. But and it's and it's good every time. Right? Yeah. It's anyway, been as I was every time. as yeah. I was saying, I, I would not entertain any sort of spoilers for the week or two or no, I year agree. coming up to it. Um, but once the film came out, I was very excited to go read a lot of the critical reactions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and was shocked to see a ninety-five percent on the tomato meter, just because. Uh, well, and, and I I think I know why. But first of all, I thought. You know, you, you got to have more people who just want to give it a negative review for the sake of giving it a negative review. I'm, yeah. And there were a few that did that. It, it seemed but like, I, yeah, most But the of other thing were. is I, I think it scored so high partly because everybody was just so... Relieved? Yeah. yeah. So it, it was such an anticipated movie. And all these reviewers, everybody grew up watching Star Wars. Everybody has a love for the franchise. And so I've always thought th- this is going to be an interesting recording because I've always said, yeah, the film will come out and then ask me in a month how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. This, this podcast will probably be more fanboying out than anything. And after a few yeah. weeks or or a few months we'll be able to take a little bit more critical look at it. Now, that being said, I this is not going to be an episode one. This is not going to be a situation where everybody has this huge relief of, uh, of oh, my gosh, Star Wars finally came out, and then, and then a week or, or a month later they go, hang on, wait a minute. Oh, that sucked. You know, hey, that's you know not going to be the case. We, we, let, let's be honest. In this film, there is no Jar Jar character that you say to yourself he was inserted for the potential marketing value toward a group of individuals who have no interest in the series whatsoever, i.e. children who have never been exposed to it. Instead, this film was set up in such a way that all of the characters feel much more genuine to the story, not just inserted so that they can have some kind of a marketing push. Granted, BB-8 is a magnificent marketing tool. They're going to have, we're, we're going to, we've already seen what Sphero's oh. little droid thing. Mm-hmm. We're going to have multiple, I think, um, incarnations of BB-8 as a oh, toy yeah. on she's, lots of levels. Yeah, she's going to be the the hot toy she? item for. Is it she? Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. BB-8 is a she. That's BB-8? official. No, BB-8's BB-8 a guy. started as a she, but it became a he. When? That was. When? I know. I mean, like, I didn't want to say that combatively. I'm sorry, but when? What? No, that was didn't you like. See? Never mind. That was a couple. That was a couple weeks ago that they were talking. That it, it was Abrams in a in an interview said the BB-8 was meant to be a girl at the start, but. But he was voiced by two was, men. So. That's true. Bill Hader and some other dude. <laughs> and John Ralphio from Parks and Rec. <laughs> oh, is that who the other one yeah. is? Oh, nice. Is it really? Yeah. Bill I Hader and I can't even remember his name. See, ben, that's what I did some Ben Schwartzenstein or whatever. But anyway. The, uh, wow. Well, regardless. They're, Not they're, that we're being racist. Or, that's like pretty close <laughs> to his name. As, regardless, as, my opinion of the droids is all, uh, they're droids. And, so, okay. and, anyway. and we can use them, but they're not going to be a Jar Jar Binks. That we're going to turn around and say, "Gee, no, that he was, was a, a great R two D two, and uh, yes. and and he didn't have some ridiculous goldenrod standing next to him, <laughs> annoying the yeah. crap out of me." <laughs> I am going to all refute a little bit about the idea that a month from now you're going to be looking at it and right. able to face it more. So, go ahead. Here's why: because Phantom Menace is an immunization shot. Now, it then we didn't have anything 
really to compare it to. But because we have been through Phantom Menace and know what that is, we were primed. We've been inoculated as we come into this one to be aware that to watch for those things that made it so bad. Okay. You're not gonna in a month from now. You're not gonna look back at this and go. You know what? That really was bad there, or that was different because you were half expecting it, or you were so nervous about it that that's what you were like <laughs> watching for. That's a good point. I yeah. I got to right. be honest. When Phantom Menace and came out, I was I I was not one who was gushy about. Well, it to you were. With. I think you were old enough at the time because you're old. Um, that that was. Thanks for reminding me of my <laughs> silver hair and my hairline. Thank you. I'm glad you're back. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you, you like you like taking the abuse. <laughs> no. Um, But I I think for those of us who were kids, I think Ryan and I were 13 when it came out. And, you know, if you were if you weren't old enough, then you didn't really know how to think that critically about things. Right. Yeah. Yeah, And I'm also going I'm on record saying that there is value in the prequels. They suffer from being poorly written. There's, you know, poorly directed and over you and over focus on the visual aspect of it. And yes, the story is super thin and bloated with. Unnecessary pieces. Bloat. All true. However, there are still factors about the prequels that, if you're honest with yourself, there are va- good. There's value in it. Yeah, there there absolutely. Lightsaber battles. Are there lightsaber battles in the original trilogy you enjoy watching? Yeah. Luke versus Darth Vader in Return of the Jedi and in Empire Strikes Back. But you can honestly tell so, me that you would rather watch Obi Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader's fight in A New Hope over the Revenge kind of, the of Sith. Kind of. Um, really? Kind of. I I enjoy the human aspect of what was going on more. Um, in, you have in taught yourself to like that more. Oh, bite me. <laughs> uh, but speaking of which, let Boy, me so let me uh, reason, <laughs> let me get back to let, let's no. bring it back to the Force Awakens. You prequel. No, hold piece on. Of, I haven't gotten to my point here. Oh my gosh. The reason why I say that the value of the prequels is because the Force Awakens is the greatest hits album of the Star Wars genre. At this point, yes, it is yeah. everything. I'm, the story that was told is not original. That is the nope. one criticism that I will grant to every everyone that I've read. It's not original. We were retold. It's essentially the best parts of all of the original trilogy and the visual effects that we loved from the prequels. Yes. We got all of that in The Force Awakens. So, in essence, it's not the pinnacle of Star Wars, but it is the greatest hits album. Uh, I, I with, with one exception, and I'll get to that when, I'm, when we start talking a little later. Um, I will say... You you talk about the visual aspect of the prequels. This is so far beyond the prequels visually. Oh yeah, and I'm not talking about the technical skill with which they shot it. Uh, I'm talking about the art of the movie. There are some yeah. absolutely beautiful shots, mm-hmm. yeah, at which you do not get in the prequel trilogies. Uh, it's yeah. it is a it is a sumptuous feast those prequels, but it's not very artistically done. Correct. But there are those scenes when Han goes out to meet Kylo Ren on the bridge, when Rey is standing outside the crashed star destroyer. Yes, you just you just want to freeze that frame and stare for 10 minutes because it's yeah. so beautiful. Um, so there, yeah, visually it, it's, it's as though you took, um, George Lucas's love for sound design and special effects, uh, and, uh, and John Williams soundtrack. And then you took the cinematographer, well, you took JJ Abrams, of course, he's our, he's our guy. Uh, but then there's the, the cinematographer who South African guy, I can't remember his name, but who obviously just did a bang up job with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So anyway, uh, but I, I also want to bring up the lightsaber fight because we had really one lightsaber fight two, I guess if you count that it was Finn and Ray at the end of the movie, um, I loved it. I loved it so really? much, mm-hmm. so much. And let me tell you why. Um, it gives us some insight into Kylo Ren that we might not otherwise get. Where And the lightsaber itself does. This is one of those uh, questions that we had. What's up with Kylo Ren's lightsaber? And the answer, I believe we were given the answer, but it's very implicit. Um, and what's happened is Kylo Ren left Luke's academy and destroyed everything before his training was complete. Correct. And went to the yeah, dark side. Before he got to lightsaber school, or, you know, yeah. like lightsaber uh, 401. Design and building. Right. Um, and and his skill, not necessarily his strength, but his skill, his finesse with the Force was such that he wasn't able to properly construct his lightsaber. And that's why it's spitting flame out, out the sides. and everything. It's not as tight as our... As that's, the ones we're used to. That's that's not even implied. It's it's actually that's absolutely 
So well, anyway, anyway it's also based on an old but design. not only not only that, uh, but his skill in lightsaber dueling is very very rudimentary. Yeah, he has got this very powerful weapon, and he knows how to swing it around and scare the crap out of people on his ship, but he doesn't know how to duel with it, and that's why you have somebody like Finn, who, as far as we know, has no latent force powers, who can still, for the most part, keep up and and hold his own. I'll buy that. Well, he's got, yeah, he's got stormtrooper training and and training with you know. That's how he's able to have battle the other stormtrooper with it. He's right. got he's got training with with objects of clubs and and the sort. Right, and so he that. can he can use that. And and for me, that was part of why. Although I although I looked at the lightsaber fight and and this Ryan was where I would where I would differ with you. This is this is the one thing that is not the greatest hits of all Star Wars movies rolled into one because I thought the lightsaber battle from a um, from a, a level that we saw at the end of Episode Three. I would I would want to see that lightsaber battle again any day of the week versus this one. I really would. Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. Episode three? Yes. Yeah, that last that last lightsaber battle scene is it's still it's I, phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. But but it and 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 at the same time, Craig, I agree with you that it is a result of the fact that in and and here's one of those moments where I go completely into my fanboyism and say, Well, you gotta remember they've had thousands of years of lightsaber training that led up to Anakin and Obi-Wan having their first real battle on right. Mustafar, right? So with thousands of years of learning how to do all this stuff and teaching everybody, everybody got to the point where they were really, really, really good with those lightsabers. And then there's nobody. So I, I yeah. buy this as a device, as a, as a part of the storytelling, and as something that says we, have to, we, we get the chance to restart how we use lightsabers and how we work with the lightsaber dueling. But, but that's is, the only thing is... about it that I thought, boy, I was hoping for a better lightsaber fight. Now, this is one of the reasons why I like it is because with that in Episode 3 or, or the Darth Maul one in Episode 1, um, they go on a long time, and what, as much fun as they are, and I agree, they're a lot of fun, they're too long. It, it 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 doesn't advance anything. It doesn't provide any wonderment for me. It, you okay. know why does it need to? Uh, and I and I agree to disagree with you. I mean, I'm yeah, okay disagreeing with you on that. That's one. fine. Yeah, that's fine. yeah. I just I really appreciate that this lightsaber duel, much like uh, in episode six or episode five, uh, really had the story behind it, and the story carried through. The lightsaber duel, you know, it it, didn't, it didn't take a break for the lightsabers. I buy that, but I I think it could have been done. I I, I think there's a lot of things about it that I looked at it and I went, eh, okay. One of my favorite things about disagreeing with you guys is how wrong you are. The, Thanks. the one that. thing that I'm that I would kind of weigh as the in between point here. I mean, when they shoot out with the original trilogy, the big deal with George Lucas talked about how they, he told them that they needed to treat it like it was it was heavy. And yep. and waited, and the fact is, is in the prequels he kind of said, "Nah, forget that. I was wrong." And re, and then they all just went crazy with it. So I mean, we can create all sorts of stories as to why, you know, reasonings why it's different, whatever. But it did harken back more towards the original trilogy lightsaber battles, where, you know, I've it was based on kendo rather than on rapiers. Yeah, we see. Yeah, we saw a lot more of the Japanese sty- uh, fighting style that. Was it the original or the style? broadsword style? Because mm-hmm. it looks very much like broadsword contact kind of situations too. Well, that's how Ray mm-hmm. c- certainly fights. Yep, and Finn hacking away. And Finn. So, uh, and yeah, so what, are we gonna, really going to keep wait, talking about is, lightsabers? That's what I'm no, saying. Okay, as uh, much as I love the punching, come on. <laughs> come on! I think this is the I first am, time we heard Ken say, "Let's move on from." Let's the move on from the punching. Okay. Um, I'll talk else? about what the rest p- of this movie. Okay, Ken, go. How about the other punching? What punching? Poe Dameron and those X-Wings coming screaming in oh, against man. TIE Fighters. Every really single cool. every single dogfight dog fight was in atmosphere. It gave this I, I, I don't urgency's not quite the right it, it just gave this new dynamic when you had to, to weigh gravity and <laughs> land. <gravity. laughs> yes, there you go. And, oh, by the way, there are land formations and things that you one have my, to actually dodge. One of my favorite moments, so I've saw, like I said earlier, I've seen it three times, and every single time I've forgotten about it until I get there, and then I go, oh, that's so cool. And it's when um, he flies onto the jungle planet, uh, and, you know, and saves the day, and he's going through, and he 
he kills eight TIE fighters right in a row, and there's one where he blasts yeah. it, he flies through it, and he's trailing clouds of black smoke behind him. Yeah. Uh, and for some reason, that little CGI shot just made me go, oh, my gosh, these people are awesome. That's, uh, there's something I want to hit uh, on is the fact that this movie had plenty of CGI, but I think it feels subtle, like they used the CGI in the right spots and they use the practical effects in the in the right way it wasn't just heavy ham-fisted we're just going to throw cgi at it you know until all day like like this the prequels were but this is an, an area where i think we're going to get into a little bit of an argument okay go ryan no and it's not because i i disagree with that i actually very much appreciated uh, the cgi management and the practical effects in here um I've kind of gotten tired of hearing people say, oh, the CGI, the CGI. Okay. Not, explain not all C- to, bad CGI. Explain to me what that means because here's the thing. It's, I know that most, there's quite a few people who are like Supreme Leader Snoke. Supreme Leader Snoke and, you know, going back to like the Hobbit series, they, it's this CGI stuff that they're saying. Explain to me why that's bad. Okay. Would you like me to? Yes. Okay, it doesn't sound like you actually want me to. So. No, I, re- <sighs> I really would love to hear a good, solid reason. It's like anything but. else with a movie or a play or a book, uh, any other type of art, it's... If uh, it takes you out of the story, exactly, is that what you're getting at? Exactly. Yes. If something, Why do you let it take you out of the story? Because you're a dick. Oh. Uh, I'm kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, we just moved I to, told a you we were get to a I just told you we were going to get to a point where we were actually legitimately arguing. No, because it, it, this is this is pissing me off because it, where were what was your question? What do you why is with bad CGI? Why is CGI bad? What, no, specific, I'm nobody's saying CGI is bad. People are saying bad but CGI. But like they're is specifically bad. exactly that's what I'm saying is and it's specifically my argument here is with Supreme And Leader let me Snoke. so let me let me back up here for just a second. I'm not one to say that if it's not practical it's not good. In fact, there's that little bird thing that's pounding the metal. Oh, yeah. Um it, you know, toward the beginning of the movie. I hate that thing. That that yeah, takes I mean, me right out because it looks awkward. And I know it's a practical effect, and people are going to say, oh, practical effects. But it looks awkward, it looks out of place, and it just it makes me scratch my head and, and say, you know, yeah, did you guys to. really think you were at 100% on that one? Didn't need to be there, but it didn't bother no, me. No, no, it, yeah, a lot of stuff didn't need to be there, but, but we appreciate it anyway. So anything that's going to distract me from what's going on instead of immersing me in the world or the story, that's what... That's what I hate. My question is then is why does it pull you out of the story? Well, Supreme Leader Snoke specifically didn't pull me out of the story. In fact, I thought it was kind of cool. No, he didn't. I mean, when when we saw that he was a giant, I'm like, oh my goodness, he's a... But and, he's, and he then might when not it, be. Then so, when it showed no, that I, he I was a hologram... I doubt he's going to be his giant. When it, when it showed that he was a hologram, I thought, oh, that's cool. And then it made me think, this is just a guy with a power trip and, you know, small guy syndrome. He was making his I, uh, making his hologram, you know, 40 feet tall because he's And I want to come back to that one because I think there's a couple of things about that that are fun. But I want to I want to stay with... You definitely called it, Ryan. I got, I'm getting real worked up. I'm, I'm, I'm staying with... I, I want to stay on this, on this topic really quickly with Ryan. I think that... I think for me, the problem is not bad CGI. It is... Um, unbelievably executed CGI um, that's what pulls me out is that if I watch it and it looks obviously out of phase or incongruous with mm-hmm. everything else that's going on that's when for me and maybe Craig that's kind of for what you're trying to say when it when it doesn't seem like it like it truly is um, seamlessly connected and it's thrown in just to prove that they can do a CGI shot I can, I can understand that argument, but we're past that point. In I film. agree. I agree. We're beyond that point. This has been done for so long now. It used to be we were like, hey, look at what they can do with CGI. And now we're looking at it and we're like, oh, yeah, we get it. You can do it. So don't, you know, quit beating us over the head with the fact you can do it. Because for some reason, it's an artistic thing where for one person it registers as this doesn't this doesn't jive with the rest of it. Like you're saying, this doesn't fit with the rest of what I'm looking at here. Whereas for another one that doesn't bother them, I have zero problem with any of the CGI in the Hobbits in the Hobbit films. Really, zero problem with any of it, it except really? when he takes yes. twelve suspended steps. Anyway, I have problems with stupid things like that. Yeah, but I have no problems with the CGI because it was. Con- I mean, they were consistent across the thing. And no, it's not as nice as what they used to what they had done before. 
but they did, they were consistent across the whole board with it. So we can agree that. So we can agree again. We are at a, an agree to a disagree on this one. I, it's, it's very it's films. very obvious. I I knew that part of the reason I knew this would become an argument point was when we were sitting in the previews and the Warcraft preview came up and Craig went, "Ugh, this just looks bad. Just it looks, looks terrible." And I looked at it and went, "Awesome." I did too. I did too. Because sorry, Craig. You were totally wrong this time. Yeah, sorry, guys. So um, I just want to get back to talking about what's awesome about this movie. So well, before I, before we talk about what's awesome, can I talk about one thing that I found that that I know a lot of people, including the three of uh, or the four of us, kind of mentioned that we said, oh, this seems like kind of a missed opportunity, and that was Captain Phasma. Oh, yeah, my God. No, right. I, that was one thing uh, I now, hated. Let me, about this movie. Let, me let me push back. Oh, you go, and then I'll push back. Let, let me go. I don't think it was so much of a missed opportunity as it was, again, J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams' fingerprints on on how he does things is very consistent. He lays pieces on the table, especially if he's going to be doing something big like this or like Lost. Um, there was another one that he did, and I can't remember. It's not on the tip of my tongue. But he lays Alias. pieces out. There you go. He lays pieces out, and then he moves those pieces very patiently for a long time. I think Captain Phasma is our Boba Fett in ding, this ding, ding, series. That's exactly what I was going to say. And the mistake that they made was not how they implemented Captain Phasma in the film. It was how they marketed her. Yes. yes. If, if mistake we want to call it. It's it, Yeah, she is going to play a much bigger role going forward and we'll all love her and Gwendolyn Christie will do fantastic work. Oh, yeah. Although... But for this film, we were going, oh, this is going to be so cool. Clone, chrome Trooper. The Chrome Trooper. Captain Although Batman, really, and then nothing. In, in her marketing, she's already the Boba Fett of this series because, I mean, there was not a, a character in the original trilogy that got more hype as the years went on for the amount he was in the show as Boba Fett. Boba Fett has developed a clone, fo- or a clone, sorry. <laughs> a cult following. A, a cult following. <laughs> that was perfect. That, was that good? Yeah. I've yeah, been planning so. that all week, yeah. Um, Boba Fett's developed a cult following. I mean, even my son, he wears a, he of all the things that he could buy at any point in time when he needed a new hoodie, he went out and found a Boba Fett armor hoodie that zips up and does the Boba Fett helmet. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, works perfectly with my Han Solo uh, hoodie that I wear, which also reverses to the Chewbacca hoodie. If you want to look for those, maybe we should post those on the site. But um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's just funny that a character that had, what, eight lines, including if, if – ten lines if we include the, ah, as he flies into the Sarlacc. <laughs> yeah. And yet he has this huge following. I, I, I'm – I think they, the one thing that J.J. Abrams will do differently with Captain Phasma than George Lucas did with Boba Fett is we're going to get a chance to see Captain Phasma really work. And I'm willing to bet we see Captain Phasma in other films as well as in this one early. Well, that, that's my hope for Captain Phasma is that she, the role she plays, because I, I thought she was totally underutilized in this film. And it was a gripe because I love Gwendolyn Christie. I mean, there's... You know, everybody knows, but I I can see her as in eight and nine, it becomes those this rogue stormtrooper who now, instead of leading her troops, is on this one woman mission to track down Finn and make him suffer. Let's remember, um, the Supreme Leader told uh, General Hux to get Kylo Ren, didn't tell him to go get Captain Phasma. No. So I'm really curious to see how that one plays out. But I'll bet she's We survived. know that she's back. Kathleen Kathleen well, Kennedy came out and said that yeah. the entire cast is back. But I just and, want to see how that's ever, executed. And everybody went, what? Which Harrison everybody Ford? Said, everybody went, and to which I say, flashback. Yeah. yeah. Or I wouldn't be surprised if we see some other things. Mm. I would if they went ghost haunt. I'd have a problem. Yeah, ghost haunt. Yeah, I no, that's surprised. not happening. No, it's not happening. I, I would be surprised. I don't. Think I would, they with would, the way they established how that's done, shocked and disappointed. But can I can I bring up something though? Even though sure. Cap, I think Captain Phasma was underutilized, the girl power in this film was huge. Uh, okay, there. I mean, there's. I mean, Ray is Speak the strong. Man. I. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you picking that's on the stay-at-home dad? That's the second or third full stop we've come to after <laughs> Craig's oh, statement. Oh, my goodness. This so, is why we don't do it late at night on a Sunday. I, I mean, <laughs> it, it's funny now because two years ago when the, the original cast photo came out and everybody was like, where are all the women, blah, 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 you know, and stuff. Ray is the, is the main character and she is t- 
tough as nails, and, and you can she tell she can hold her own. Character. And she'll be the main character for the next two movies. Yep. I, and I mean, she had all that funny little banter at the beginning when Finn gets there, and he's like grabbing her hand and trying to save her. And she's like, stop grabbing my hand and stuff. You know, I, I which, did feel which like that, that bit, that little bit was a little heavy-handed. It felt super heavy-handed. But and thrown in there for the whole female empowerment thing that well hold on, let me, hold on 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 no i am getting there good lord this is the worst <laughs> podcast we have ever done it yes. felt heavy-handed and thrown in there for the for the environment that we're in these days but it did not feel out of place for her character it felt perfect this is something that she would totally do this guy's trying to save her she's like i've been on my own for 20 you know however long since i was five I don't need anybody help. In fact, the the one time where Finn gets knocked out or whatever, and she she wakes him up and he pops up and says, "Are you okay?" And she looks at him like he's an, got two heads. Like, yeah, I'm not the one flat on my back. It's hilarious, you know. And she's she she's driving the stuff for Captain Phasma. Okay, there's a female stormtrooper who was the captain of the guard. There was a fem- female X-wing pilots. We had dialogue from another female stormtrooper. I mean, look at this. There are women who are capable in the Star Wars universe. It's great. Say no, so. Get off our backs now. Done. Okay. So the heavy-handed, what Ken finds heavy-handed, you and I found as comedy, Ryan. It's and it's. Not I that still it's not, found it as comedy. Yeah, I just it's not did, that it's not funny. Yeah, it's just. Well, whatever. And even after I looked at it, I didn't Wait find it as heavy-handed. I just am, am initially. I, am I lining up with Ryan on this one? <laughs> Looks like it. Wow. So anyway, uh, so how hey, did let that me ask, happen? Let me ask a question here, Ryan. Was there anything wrong with this movie? Mm, yes. Okay. What? Well, I already t- I already hit on the fact that it's not original, uh, and a lot, a lot of people like that was something we were kind of expecting. And so that's I'm Any, not saying that's necessarily a, a wrong thing. Um, other things wrong with this or that were a, a problem with this. Um, see, this is what I'm talking about. How about, about. General Huxley's in, in stupid, lispy voice? In a oh. month or a year, you will be able to come up with stuff. So, so I mean, I have read, I, I've read enough things. I'm trying to, the problem is I can refute most of the ones that are. So one of my problems would be R2-D2. Um, I tried really hard on my third viewing to figure out why he activates yeah. when he does. And I can't, compiling I the map. can't come up with anything past because the writers said so. No, that, I'm, that's I'm a good, what you're saying. He finished compiling he finished, the map. That's a good one. Maybe Luke he was it, in rest mode while he was compiling the map. He was compiling I, the map. I can buy because that. Because remember they say that, that he had asked R2 to start breaking an imperial code and to try and find the rest of the imperial uh, records of the galaxy. So as he's sifting through that data, he goes into a power save mode, and it just happens to be the perfect time for him to come out to figure it all out. I'm not saying it's not convenient, but it's yeah. He finished compiling I, the map. I buy that. That's I a, buy that's that. A good well, because they, they had to pull if, all of it from the Empire's old archives. If that's the explanation, maybe they could have spelled that out for us. I found the entire thing way too convenient See, in a movie think, in a I movie think, full of convenience. I think that has everything to do with where stuff wound up on the cutting room floor because they had to keep the movie under maybe. three hours. I thought it Maybe. could have also possibly been okay. You're you're uh, assigned to activate when we find the one who can get back to Luke, and then we find it in Ray, and now he says, "Oh, hey, we found the one. Here's the map." Uh, Pos- I don't yeah. know if I buy that. I don't. Was, I don't know if I buy. I'm just. I was trying to spitball because I had the same question. Yeah. Why my, are you activating now? My main thing. My main belief is that it's compiling, and it's mainly because the line C3PO says actually. Um, and I wish I had the exact wording on it, though. Um, he said, he tell, asks R2, you found something or you found whatever, and it, it says that he was in a process of looking or assembling something. It's That's something a, you have to infer out of it. And yes, they absolutely could have spelled it out better. But That's a great idea. And it might be simply that BB-8's appearance says, now I've got that last piece of information, and that's what triggers him. Okay. It, yeah, maybe. The, the problem I'm, with that is that he... He He's, was there before. He, earlier, he comes to him earlier, yeah. so it would have it. Yeah, it it doesn't work too is, well. On is that the one. little map fragment that uh, he was carrying around like a little Star Wars RFID chip? It just got yeah. close enough to R two, and R 2s like, "Oh, hey, what's that?" Maybe. Uh, anyway, I, I think that'll be one of the interesting things to see on that. So many questions for Episode Eight. Anyway. Um, so speaking of which, um, hey, what can do I you say guys... my can I say my one thing? That, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Did I skip that, you? Yes, you did. I'm sorry. Um, that's okay. I'm used to being skipped. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw one thing out, and I know you guys are just going to look at me and you're going to go, I can't believe you're doing this. But I'm going to say one thing. Oh, boy. The science on the <laughs> – see, you guys just go immediately. 
And this is my, and I and I fully embrace this. This is one of those places where it was complete suspension of disbelief on my part. Okay, I'm fine. But when they fire the Star Killer weapon, and the light is immediately seen all across the galaxy. Okay, even if light is traveling at the, <laughs> the speed, speed of, of light, <laughs> and and the the information with, that we are trying to receive on that, we're we're supposed to be getting it immediately and all this kind of stuff. It, it the science just doesn't hold with that. They wouldn't be yeah. able to see the light transferring on that right. for days or weeks after it had happened. Well, and, and yet it they're seeing it as it, it happens. It wouldn't be able to destroy these this system for. Years. It's right. very. It's so. very well, and they did say it's a hyperwave weapon. So I'm, I'm buying. I'm, I'm inserting it's, my suspension of disbelief that says that they are firing the weapon some through through some through kind hyperspace. of a hyperspace connection. So blah, what blah, if blah, blah, what blah. if the light particles then aren't just traveling through hyperspace in a forward direction? But in all directions. But in all directions. Yeah. Hyperspace doesn't exist on the same plane as regular space, so they wouldn't be able to see it. I, that's the piece that I had the biggest. Yeah. That when I watched it, I went. That doesn't make any sense at all. Yeah, but, the, but yeah, again, there's I'm, how many people are there on the planet that are going to be is, doing this that? Is Me a, and six other people. Yeah, well, maybe yeah, seven. <laughs> maybe seven. Um, but having said that, as soon as that thought went off in my head, I said, "Todd, it's a movie. Just accept it, play with it, run with it." It's you fantasy. Yeah. That that it's, being said, okay suspension of belief. Belief. Uh, sp- wow. Suspension of belief aside, I would be just as happy if we never see another big giant round. Planet I told you killing this, machine. Yeah, this, this is why I'm saying it's the it's the greatest hits album there, yeah. and yeah, I'm yeah. actually more okay with Star Killer Base than some of the Death Stars, um, specifically because we un- like I can understand how they generate that much power, and that you could destroy something that big because of how much power is currently sitting harnessed in the middle of it. Yep. by knocking you know by knocking out something that's managing right, right. it and turning because it into a different sun. Yeah, at the that end, was that was cool. really cool. Rather than just blowing up yeah. and going in all different directions or whatever, it's this the internal nuclear reactor that is a sun is re- you know finally and, breaks free. And this brings me to the second problem that I saw with the film: who's left? I mean, did we have? I we we know we know that the first order is big and bad, and that they had a lot of people on that base. Uh, I'm wondering how. But we they, don't know how big the first order is in general. And I and I have a problem with that because. What it looks like is that the First Order is this group that has been banding together to try and pull stuff together, and they've put everything onto this planet to try and make it work. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how that how the this rest is, of that story is. And this is why go. I said in my intro that this this is all about posing questions, not yes. about yeah. answering them. Yeah, but yeah. And We've, so, and well, so that's why I say with the R two thing, I I do think that did kind of bother me a little bit uh, that that particular question wasn't answered. But then I have to go back and say, no, this is a film about asking questions, and hopefully we will get a response sometime later. And there are so many questions. And you know, yeah. that's that's something that's really interesting too. The original the original series four, five, and six didn't give us lots of questions. It was. A, it was a story that could have been left on its own, and if it had if it had done moderately well, then we probably wouldn't have had five. If four had done moderately well, we wouldn't have had five because there weren't lots of questions that were asked. Yeah. There were one or two. This one, they already know we're going to be hungry for the answers, so they're comfortable taking the risk of getting lots right. of questions, so they can go in lots of directions. So mm-hmm. speaking of episode eight, um, I have at least one very specific hope. For episode eight, what do you guys have any? Like, what do you want out of the next? You have a new hope for episode eight. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have. He set it up. I had. To I know. Right, so I'll, I'll tell you what mine is. Um, mine is philosophy. I was really looking forward to J.J. Uh, Abrams fixing the philosophy of Star Wars, which I felt was ruined by the prequel trilogy. Um, and I'm, uh, and that's no connection with the Jedi's. They can't have, they, they can't have relationships. Yeah. Some of that stuff. Uh, And so I'm really looking forward to episode eight and what I hope for specifically, um, is I want Luke to teach Ray balance in the force. I want him to realize that that is the mistake that he made and that, and that the Jedi made in general is clinging so hard to one side of the force makes it so that when something goes wrong, that pendulum swings really hard to the other end. Oh, by that. And to yeah. be a complete person, to be one with the force, you must embrace and learn both sides. And Ryan, I, I think that. you can agree with me that that's something that Dark Horse Comics explored. 
in the yep. Old Republic, mm-hmm. Knights, of, Knights of the Old Republic, and so I I, I see them setting that up and, for and a very nice exploration. If I if I can get even a little more specific, uh, if we go back to the Mistborn trilogy, sorry for those who are listening who haven't listened to our Mistborn series, but uh, you should go read it and listen. Um, there's this idea, the whole philosophy of that series is balance, push and pull, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have preservation, but uh, preservation and ruin the light side and the dark side, but preservation did something, basically gave up some piece of himself to become just the tiniest bit more powerful than ruin. So they're almost in balance, but you have a little bit more preservation and that allows for uh, the the progress of individuals and of civilization, right? And I, I would love to see something like that here where it's, yeah. you know, just that tiniest bit more light than dark mm-hmm. will allow you to you know, be a whole person who continues to grow. Something I, like that. Ryan looks real thoughtful. Let's hear it. It's, I, I I like the idea, and I think that we will see aspects of it, because you and I talked about this, specifically with the uh, dealing with Ben Solo's history and uh, the Knights of Ren and, and him becoming who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to, uh, to Craig after, I think it was the first showing, how much I appreciated the fact that there was a reversing of the concept when he, when Kylo Ren is sitting there talking to Darth Vader's mask and he says, I feel the pull of it. I feel the pull of the light side. Um, And the Supreme leader senses it. Okay. So there's a pull from both sides. Uh, We know that I, I don't know that you're going to get that nice concept of balance that we're going to fix the Jedi problem or we're going to fix the Sith problem. Um, I guess I just hated the prequel Jedi so much. Because they were arrogant and overconfident and a number of things. And I get I, I get that. And if if they go with that, then what you'll see is Luke's new order Jedi the first time as he's trying to establish it. You know, maybe he accepts that concept and we get that major pendulum swing from Kylo or mm-hmm. from Ben becoming Kylo. Right. Um, and that will cause him to change the way he approaches it. Honestly, because of what happened there... I'm not sure Luke knows how to train a Je- how to train the new Jedi, how to make sure this doesn't happen again because he right. could, he blames himself for what happened with Ben Solo, and the deaths of all the Jedi that we see in that sequence from uh, in didn't, Ray's little vision. Didn't we only see right. one? I only, no, I they're on the floor. There, well, you see them kill one, but if you look on the floor, oh, there's okay. like there's lots seventy yeah. bodies. Oh, everywhere. you know what else I like? I, I'm sorry. This uh, quick aside. That scene, I didn't catch it until the third time through, but uh, Kylo Ren is the only one With carrying a lightsaber. A lightsaber. Right. Uh, uh, just one more piece to to suggest that they had not yet got to lightsaber school yet. Well, or they hadn't found the materials. Maybe. And but. it's entirely possible that the Knights of Ren are not a Force-specific order. We don't know if any of the other ones are Force-sensitive or what exactly they are. Agreed. We just know he is the master of them, and he is the only one who carries a lightsaber. Okay. Anyway, uh, anything else you guys hope for going forward? Well, you know, we talked about Phasma. I hope she's back. Phasma. I'm excited. Well, I'm I'm excited. I want to see what uh, Luke's been up to. I want to see what his. I want to see if there are more Jedi than just him and Rey. I want to see if there are more Force users than just him and Rey and Kylo Ren. I want to see who else. I don't think there are. I think there might be. I I think and I think Poe Dameron is force sensitive and I'm going to tell you why I'm going to tell you why stay with me I'll stay with you I just don't believe comic series comic series Um, at the end of at the end of the at the end of the comic series uh, the short the short comic series that was done that kind of bridges the uh, the battle of Endor into the establishment of the new galactic senate Um, Luke Skywalker saves two trees that are um, nexuses if you will of the force and he takes one of them to go back to, uh, I think he was saying he was going to take it back to Yavin, because um, that's where it was taken from. And the other one he gives to, um, what's her bucket? 
Poe Dameron's mom. I don't remember the name. And says, this this needs a good home. Maybe you can find it one. And she and her husband take it and plant it next to their little homestead where their son Poe begins growing up. And we hear little references. Oh, I didn't know we had the best pilot in the entire resistance with us. We see some of the some of the uh, uh, skill that that he has. The the expertise with with an X-Wing that Poe Dameron demonstrates. I really believe that what we're going to find is that he is force sensitive as a result of growing up around that tree and that we're going to see a connection that's going to occur there. And I also think that that connection is going to become kind of a trinary connection between Ray, Finn, and Poe. And we're going to find that somehow they form some kind of a triumvirate that is what carries off the resistance into the next couple of series. I, I just I just hope they do it in a way that doesn't require reading of the, the comics. I'm, yeah. I can guarantee you that they will not force you into the expanded universe yeah, to course. learn this. this no, they'll, they'll give you they'll give you that opportunity. I think it's just a breadcrumb that was given, and that allows some people that wanted to have that little piece to feel very superior about themselves, like I do right now. For those, yeah, it's it's a chance for those who want to be able to predict ahead to know that. That's what most of the the reading that I've found doing the expanded universe reading. Mm-hmm. It's given you a chance to look in and said, "Oh, okay, I bet you that's going to happen because I know this is the case." Um, that being said, my hopes for eight are nine. They're not really, I'm going to say they're expectations because it makes no sense not to address them, hopefully by eight. Um, our three main characters, we know, other than the comic series, we know nothing about their backstories, yep. quite frankly. Right. Other than little bits that are leaked here, we know Finn was taken from a family and he was conditioned to be a stormtrooper. Um, and we know a that he- A sanitation stormtrooper. <laughs> and we know that he was he was sent to reconditioning after showcasing- a his uh, on Jakku. He was his supposed resistance. to go and, and yeah, his be reconditioned. I'm guessing we'll probably see what that conditioning process looks like at some point in time. With Ray, we still don't know her last name, and that's probably for a reason they for have planned down reasons the road. that rhyme with Rye Walker. Yes, I don't. I don't think so. No, I. You know, I want to not think so, but every time Ryan convinces me otherwise, I just I fall back into. Of course, she's going to be a Skywalker. There, they just, there are just a couple moments, like when uh, Luke's theme plays as she's holding the lightsaber, that yeah. sort of thing, that really suggest heavily. Which it's, could just be the lightsaber. I mean, look, here's could the be, lightsaber. Could be. I think that you. I'd if be, if I'd it be, turns out to be true, I'm totally okay with yeah. it. Like, I'm okay with it because they'll make it make sense. It's not the I'm worst thing I'm happy either happens. way. Yeah, I, either way. same. I but think I, she's a granddaughter of Kenobi. That's what I'm going to go on the record saying. I would love that. Me too. I, I would love as I, as I was thinking about, especially because she hears Kenobi's voice um, during, the vision, that little, right. during that little deal. And I think, the, I think the vision is as much about the lightsaber's history and future as it is about hers or any other individual. By the way, there was not enough of Maz Kanata either. They gave her the yeah. perfect op- How did oh, you get the, the lightsaber? That's another story for another time. She'll be around. Give me the story. She'll be around. That's the thing. I want the story now. God, think, though, back on the just, original trilogy. This is not about answering questions. There's plenty of them. things that you're just told that, you know what? Just This wait. is the way it is, and... It's not a big you deal. You just need to take You're it not going to get it. the answer to how she got it. Wait until tell you right now. You're three. not going to get it. I know. They're I not going to tell you. Huh. So um, wait until movie it three. It fell to Bespin, and it was found, and there's going to be some expanded universe story as to how that got there. Yeah, and that's and that's But fine. not in the movies. I don't need to know, but I would have liked to have known. I'll tell you what I do not want to see in eight or nine. I don't want to see Kylo Ren redeemed. I want to see him turn to the dark side. I want to see him fall by the sword. I want to see him... A, a bad guy the entire way. You're making my wife very unhappy right now because she she turned to me at the end of the showing and she's like, "He's going to be redeemed." No, he's I, so I don't redeemable. Want to, I, I, think I don't want to see him redeemed. He I is trying to... so hard to be Darth Vader that I think he's going to have a very Darth Vader esque ending. But I, th- uh, yes, and I think that Disney is so good at redeeming at stories that feature <laughs> redemption as a part of it. it. It makes total sense. Sorry, it makes it sound like you're. Comparing Disney with Jesus. Well, uh, <laughs> Disney Disney approaches their storylines from that kind of a standpoint. No, I want to. So I it'll be interesting him. to see what happens with that. He ki- he killed his dad. I want to so, see him. I want to see him die. I want to see him die painfully. I want to see him die in misery and agony and torment, mental anguish, all of that. I, Remind me never to get Ken mad. I very much oh, appreciate so the visual now. cue that they give on the bridge scene with Han regarding Kylo Ren. The sunlight's coming through where Ray and and uh, 
Finn, Finn or standing, and it's shining there, and you have the red light on his right side and the white light on his left side, mm-hmm. and it stays that way until the moment just before he kills Han, and then the white light disappears, and it's all red. Yep. yep. And yeah. so we know that he's dedicated now entirely to the dark side end. Oh, yeah. I, I'm okay with the redemption story. I'm a little more inclined to say that he probably will not be redeemed I unless think... they write. I mean, they're... my Okay, here's my biggest hopes for what they don't do with 8 and 9. Don't tell me Empire Strikes Back next. Don't tell me Return of the Jedi third. I agree. You've already done the greatest hits. This is your chance to move forward and now really tell us new stories. Uh, yep. th- they will. New they stuff. Will, so. New um, stuff. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to uh, is a running joke through the next, well, the, the two films following, but including this one, and that is the Daniel Craig cameo. Oh, yeah. Oh, that Did- was so funny. <laughs> that was, <laughs> if, I uh, laughed out loud. And then chuckled for about another 10 minutes. If anybody listening has didn't, didn't catch that or hasn't heard about that, go back and watch it again. You know you're going to the, the theater again. Yeah. Uh, when she <laughs> force or mind tricks uh, the stormtrooper into letting her go, that is Daniel Craig. Uh, and if you listen closely, yes, you can hear it's Daniel Craig. It's just, I, it's a funny scene. It's played for laughs. Uh, and it's even and it funnier works. when you picture James Bond. Did you so, hear how that worked out? Yeah. I love no. the story behind how it worked out. He, tell me, he, he tell was, me offline. Tell me offline. No, just what tell if, me now. Can we he, tell him now? Okay, tell, tell me. Now. He, tell he, me was in, he was in London filming Spectre, like basically next door to where they were filming The Force Awakens. He goes over to, to see, you know, he, he wants to see the, the set and all that. They say, come on over, and they basically throw him in. It's like, hey, you want to do it? Okay. So, can you imagine the poor sucker who got ousted i know whose right? part that was and now has to say no that's sorry grandma yeah he, he just he me. happened to be in the right spot at the right time talk about living a charmed <laughs> friggin life Ugh. no wonder he was so, saying that he was done with james bond he wants to be a stormtrooper <laughs> i i want your guys's opinion because on what has been a fairly consistent complaint that i've seen so far as i read the criticism pieces of it um ray's quote unquote mastery of the force in five minutes is that's the the sum, summarized version. Yeah. The fact that she's able to do a lot of these things, having, quote no unquote, training. no training and no understanding of the force. What, I mean, I, I can gather generally from your responses there that you think that there was more to her. I, I, no, I chalk I, it up to being a force adrenaline rush, basically. I, I, I chalk it up to people who say that maybe aren't or haven't seen real genius in the world you take like something like a musical savant or a mathematical savant and there are people who for whom these things just click yeah and i perhaps it's a situation like that where she is so in tune with the force that it you know as soon as she gets just that littlest bit as soon as that piano keyboard is put in front of her she knows what to do with it. It just hadn't been put in front of her before. Well, Kylo Ren says it in there after she escapes. She's just barely beginning to to that was one of the discover her power. One of the worst bits of dialogue. I'm sorry when he told the stormtrooper the you know the longer she's out the more powerful she'll become. More dangerous. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. why are you saying that to TR one five six eight or you know yeah, what, right, like right. why are you saying this line to that it had to be said so i get it but it was one yeah. of those things where i was like oh, to encourage him to find her faster with <laughs> with uh luke skywalker with anakin skywalker neither of them had any training in the force but both of them pull on the force to make them better pilots mm-hmm. to make them uh mm-hmm. more effective in what they do there's a latent ability that shows up when you can when you encounter someone who is a virgins in the force and i think we're seeing again in ray uh, they're setting this up that she is the quintessential force user that is necessary for moving the story forward, and so that's why I, that's why I accept it and say, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah. And that she would have had she you remember she says, oh, we've heard the stories, so she knows what Jedi are supposed to be able to do. That's that's kind of the thing that I'm mm-hmm. that I'm writing on is yeah. she has heard she's heard the story of Luke Skywalker or the myth as she puts it. I she's heard it was these, a myth. so she has some sort of backing there and supposedly, and I'm hoping that I'm going to probably tackle the novelization here pretty soon, that we realize that dream sequence that that's in the Academy. And if she's reliving some things that she may have been there, I don't know. It's possible. Um, But I have one last question because it's net. It's like you said, there's no answer here. Um, There's no answer that we're given. What is an awakening? Ooh, that was one of my favorite things. Um, Yeah, you're right. We don't have an answer, but when we went into the movie, we went in thinking the force is going to awaken. 
but you know like wake from its slumber but no it's always been there it's ray yeah who it's, the, it's force the force is awakening ray. ray yeah the force in ray is awakening that's what i took it as I'm not, I, that's, I'm not I think sure. that's the most practical response and the one that they have guided us to to want to. I'm, to I'm the, not so sure. And I'm okay with that. But all we hear from Snoke is there has been an awakening. Have you felt it? So would we that my question then would be. So if it's just Ray, do you feel when whenever a new person discovers the, you know, that they're force sensitive or they they have their snapping if moment, if it's yeah. sufficiently powerful, perhaps. Or if and there hasn't is, been anything there one on of the, the light side. Maybe. This is one of the things that I uh, that I chalk up uh, for a response to the R two D two question is perhaps Luke felt the awakening as well, and he says, "All right, it's time." And from across the galaxy, he activates R two D two. I don't know, yeah. something like that. <laughs> He's got a little R two watch. It's as plausible as anything else that we've thrown out He's, there. You know, yeah. it really is. And let's remember that when when we're talking about Star Wars, we are talking about high fantasy portrayed in a space opera environment. Right. So there's all kinds of magical things that we don't know that they, they've, we've never gone to the point where we explore what Jedi and Sith really can do. Right. Um, I'll tell you one thing that I'm looking forward to finding out. And, and I kind of, when I, when I look at Supreme Leader Snoke, um, I don't know if the rest of you guys thought this when you saw him, but I see a big gouge right through the middle of his head. Right, yeah. And I'm very curious as to whether he is a Force Ghost manifestation from, like, Exar Kun. Hmm, that's interesting. Or Darth Plagueis. I, he, they're know. not going to do Darth Plagueis. I'm going to tell you right now, it's not going to be Darth Plagueis. As much as everyone, as much as, you know... Not everyone can, wants him as to. As much <laughs> as a, there's a good chunk of people that want that to happen. Yeah. It, what we're going to see is, I do think we are going to see potentially an ancient figure. Yes. Yeah. Um... I don't think it's a that I he was a hologram. It was very apparent that he was a hologram in that. What I'm thinking though is that we may find out that he he is beyond the Sith. He is an oh. he's been through so much and he's not he doesn't label himself as a Sith. He doesn't label himself as those he's a dark side force user that is a step above a step beyond what that is, what the what the Sith are. Yeah, see and I'm I'm really interested to see how that how they're going to play with that as far as the first Jedi Temple, um, that gives them the opportunity to bring in the holocrons and talk about what those can do. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about seeing that. I really hope that J.J. Abrams gets new fight choreographers. Oh, That's I disagree. Yeah. It was wonderful. Um, it won't be J.J. Abrams all right. anyway. It'll be Ryan Johnson. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have just wrapped the most meandering discussion we have <laughs> ever had on the Legendarium, I think. I came in with all these notes. All right, we'll talk about this, and then we'll move on to that. It'll segue really nicely into that thing, and, and it that all went quickly. right out the window. Because um, we like. I told it you, I so wrote six much. pages, and I realized it wasn't going to matter. Yep. <laughs> I have, I have eight, I have eight points on my thing, and I talked about all of mine. We didn't um, even get to talk about Han one, and Leia. One thing we did learn, uh, yeah, we can talk about that later. We can talk but about Han and Leia. One thing that uh, that we did learn is that Ryan, after almost 20 years of friendship really knows how to push my buttons. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was fun to watch. Oh, I am still mad at you and I probably will be for quite a while. So anyway, um, parting shots. I'll give you guys 30 seconds. So Ken, if you want to say something about Han, say it now, but I'm, I'm going to hold you to that. Ready, just, set, go. I just wanted to, I was excited to see Han and Leia again. I loved every moment that those two were on screen together. It just, it felt so right having those two together again and, and every little banter when she says, how are you going to do it? If I told you, you wouldn't like it. You know, and so I just, it was nice to see them again together again after 30 years done. Okay. Ryan, go. My parting shot on this is to everybody. This was fantastic. This was great, but it's not the pinnacle of star Wars. It's a fantastic platform to go forward from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Todd. I agree with Ryan. I love the balance between drama and comedy. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film, but I enjoyed it most seeing it with my children and being able to be young again with them seeing this film and just having yeah. a rip snorting good time watching a great movie, eating a lot of popcorn and screaming at the theater when we were seeing all this stuff happen. It my diet awesome. my diet this weekend was at least forty percent popcorn, popcorn by, by weight. <laughs> oh my gosh. I still have some in the car. <laughs> um I will say that maybe my favorite thing about this is the new talent 
that we get. Mm-hmm. I love oh, yeah. everybody new in this. Adam Driver, um, Adam or John Boyega, and uh, Daisy Ridley. Not to mention Oscar, um, Isaac. Oscar Isaac. I told my wife uh, that under no uh, in unno- no uncertain terms, I can't even say the phrase that if Daisy Ridley asks me to run away. It's happening. There, yeah, there's... I'm sorry. I'm out. Well, lucky for her. No, I... She... Okay, 10, ten more seconds. <laughs> she is... Uh, she is a fantastic leading lady. Uh, and she she's is... Uh, she's obviously very pretty, uh, but that's never distracting to uh, to the plot. They never try to sex her up. Yeah. Uh, that's never an issue. Uh, she just is a joy to look at. Uh, and and to watch act she's all happiness and teeth so anyway I hope you guys all enjoyed the movie as well thank you uh, so much for listening this is uh, the legendary brain trust signing out enjoy your week the legendary podcast is sponsored by audible the world's leading source of audiobooks Follow along with our current series or enjoy some of the classics by visiting thelegendaryandpodcast.com where you can sign up for your free trial membership. Click the sponsor link on our website for a free audiobook.